Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Before we get into the podcast, I just want to talk to you about our new sponsor that's come on board, Books and Gifts Direct. Books and Gifts Direct is Australia's largest direct seller of books and gifts. They sell their products from lunchrooms and reception desks and are in more than 25,000 workplaces across Australia. These workplaces include schools, childcare centres, businesses, hospitals, community centres and other corporate entities. Their books and gifts sell up to 70% off recommended retail price. And as the leading direct seller of books and gifts across Australia, they have a strong buying power and without the overheads of a shop front, they can afford to pass on significant savings. So if you want to take a look more at this, the website's going to be below in the comments section or you can go www.booksgiftsdirect.com. Thanks for listening and let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Lanes Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be doing the top eight predictions for the Western Conference and the two teams that would be in the ninth, 10th position, so in the playing tournament. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. All right, we're back. Uh, just before we get into it, I uh, just want to say thank you to everyone that's still Sharing, commenting, subscribing means a lot, goes a long way, and I do appreciate it. A lot of the people that are on there, some new people now, which is exciting. We're starting to build that Instagram page up a bit, which is very exciting, and I'm very appreciative of that. So just before we get into it. All right. Now, let's not waste any more time. So what I'm going to do, the same way I did it last season, last episode, I'm going to start at the top teams I feel. I feel that will be in the top, and then I'm going to go back down into the 7, 8, 9, 10 teams, because that can really be you know, a big lottery of who's going to be where and what positions. But to start off, you know, first team that I think will definitely be in the play playoff tournament playoffs this year, whatever you want to call it, it is the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, we all obviously know Lakers have had maybe the busiest off-season out of any team in the competition. You know, we just know that when healthy, this team's a dominant team and then they've probably added, you know, I've been a bit, been a bit questionable with some of their some of their players they've picked up, but they're always going to be obviously a really good team. Like we know that, you know, the, the team that they have, it's still going to be a really competitive playoff team. It's veteran based, you know, not a lot of young guys. So a lot of people in there, you know, they want to win and they don't really care how much minutes they get per se. So I think that's actually a positive for them. You know, a lot of people are looking at, oh, they're really old, but in saying that a lot of people on this team, they're a bit older. They just want to win. You know, they've kind of been, you know, you look at Carmelo, he's been, the, he's been the man on his team before and he's now just looking at a ring. You know, Trevor Reese has been a you know key part in your team. He might not have been your top three player, but he's you know, in your top six, seven rotation. So, you know, there's a lot of players like that on this team that are, you know, not getting over the hill, but are getting a bit older and they're just like, we want to win. So, obviously, I think they'll be in the in the playoffs. They move, I don't know if they'll get the number one seed. I think that might be a team like Utah. I think a team like Utah is like built for the regular season. You know, they they can... By, not by wins, they can get a lot of wins quickly and that can really, you know, mount into a really good season. But obviously, since we're talking about Utah, they're obviously going to be another team that's in the play playoff tournament. Uh, I think for them, though, not a massive free agency, you know, signing frenzy for them, but they did pick up two really good players, like key veterans in Hassan Whiteside and Rudy Gay, who are really suiting their system, I believe. You know, Hassan Whiteside's kind of like a, a kiddies version or a or a poor man's version of Gobert, pretty good defender, you know, rebounds the ball pretty well, pretty good threat on the pick and roll situation. 
So I think that's a good pickup. I really like the Rudy Gay pickup. I think it's really good insurance for, you know, Bog, for Bogdan Bogdanovich, Bayan Bogdanovich, sorry, and Joe Ingles. Just if something happens to them during the season, you've obviously got a key player that can play, you know, both positions there, you know, the three and the four. So I really think that's a really nice piece. I just think that they might might be missing a couple more pieces to get over that hump of the second round. You know, because as we saw, you know, they probably should have beaten that Clippers team without Kawhi. You know, in saying that, the Clippers played really well, but I still think that the Jazz kind of bombed that, you know, and if they were to win that series, you know, you never know what happens with them in Phoenix because I think that would have been a really good matchup. Two really good coaches, high IQ coaches, you know, watching Utah play, they're a really system-oriented team, and that might, you know, frustrate teams like the Lakers, you know. Like the, like the Warriors, you know. So for me, they'll definitely be in the in the tournament in the playoffs, and they'll be a competitive force in the regular season. Now that I've already talked about the Warriors. I'll get them out of the way because we always always know I love to talk about the Warriors. They're for they're for me right now the dark horses of the NBA. I think that they are dead set the second best team, if not the best team in the West, and that's a big statement. But I I really believe this team can be something special. You know, watching Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody even. In, even reassures my opinion in that they're going to be a really good team. You know, they might not win the comp or make the finals, but I think they'll be a really competitive team. I still think that Draymond, Steph, Clay, they still have one or two more real good years to maybe get a chip. You know, I don't think their championship windows close because, as we know, you cannot knock a heart of a champion. And they won a chip with a team kind of like this. A lot of, a lot of players that, you know, you look at their starting five, Steph's obviously there and he's been maybe in the best form of his career. You know, you have Clay Thompson coming off injury, but I, I definitely believe he'll be still a key force. You have Andrew Wiggins, who's very much similar to like Harrison Barnes back in the day. You know, you got Draymond obviously there. And then the biggest X factor obviously for them is James Wiseman. You know, if he can just be, you know, a player you can keep on the floor on defense, then his offense is going to be plenty fine. But like, as we know, they have brought back Andre Iguodala and you can't knock chemistry. Like you can't knock it. Like you've, you, you see a lot of teams try to, you know, buy the best players. But if you're buying and you're building chemistry, that's something that teams like the Lakers, they're going to have trouble against because the Warriors know how to play with each other, you know, and they're just going to plug in Wiseman at certain minutes, Kaminga at certain minutes, Otto Porter Jr. at certain minutes, Bialica at certain bit minutes, Moses Moody at certain minutes, you know, even John Juan Toscano Addison, sorry. He's a really good player too. So I think they're super deep and they're super competitive and I think it's going to be a real... A real exciting watch if you're a Warriors fan. We're going to move on to now, obviously, the Phoenix Suns. You know, them just going to the finals. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. I think that they can be another team like the Utah Jazz that could compete for the first seed in the West. You know, I think that they're young enough to, you know, go throughout the season. You know, Devin Booker, for me, he can be, you know, probably in the MVP conversation. You know, him, you know, I believe Giannis, Luka. You know, I also believe maybe a player like... Ooh, off the top of my head, maybe a Joel Embiid will have a playoff MVP top tournament, MVP top season. But yeah, the Phoenix Suns. I think they're only going to get better from that experience of losing in the finals. You know, because you look at it, the West is wide open. The West is really wide open, and they can all and they know that they can beat teams. Granted, they beat a lot of teams that were under injury, but they still beat them. They beat what was best available for them, and you can't knock teams for beating people that were in front of them. You know, it's just. It's nonsense if you think that's different. So for me, I was very excited to see Phoenix get the pickups of JaVale McGee. You know, he's a really good pickup. Landry Shamit, hopefully he can just plug a couple of minutes for them. You know, Landry Shamit's kind of been on a team where he's always been in a competitive situation. You know, he's been at Philadelphia, Brooklyn, 
Phoenix, the Clippers. You know, he's been at teams that are always kind of in that contending mode. So he knows what it takes to be a winner and he knows how to play in a competitive team. So obviously I believe Phoenix is going to be in the in the in the eight. Now, this is where it gets tricky because we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams, I think, vying for the next four spots. And for me, it's it's funny because the Clippers, I'll start with them. If they were fully healthy, they'd definitely be in the playoffs, like automatic. But they're not having Kawhi Leonard. I'd like to see how they go during the regular season. And one move for me, like it's 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 a it's a move that it can really work or it can really flop, and then it can really look good or bad on them. And that's the trade for Eric Bledsoe for Rajon Rondo and Patrick Beverly. Now I understand the trade. I understand why you pull that trigger. You know. Looking at it, Patrick Beverly, great defender, really good defender, talks a lot of shit, but like at the same time, what's he giving you on offense? And like I understand he made some key buckets in the last game against Utah, but I do think he's an upgrade on offense, Eric Bledsoe. And obviously, as we know, the NBA is an offensive league, so you can give up 130, but if you score 131 points, it doesn't really matter, you know? So I think that that trade can be a positive and a negative. It all it obviously has something to do with him being at clutch, you know. Him being at clutch, you know. I think they like having their players in big markets, and it's no surprise that Bledsoe landed back in LA. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if he comes off his free agency and joins LeBron maybe next year or the year after because they've always been really good friends. So I'm surprised that the Lakers maybe didn't have a play at him, but you know that's neither here or there. They might have, and they might not have been able to give up the assets. But you know, the Clippers are in that position. I do believe they'll still make this team, but. I mean, this playoff series, but it is an interesting little take on what they're going to be like. Next, you've got the Blazers. Now, the Blazers, for me, I had them last year thinking they were going to be a smoky, kind of like what I think the Warriors are going to be this year. You know, I thought they were pretty deep. They had, you know, the right amount of veterans and the right amount of young players. But looking at it now, I'm really hesitant to put them in. I'm obviously going to put them in just based on the fact that I think Damian Lillard's still a stud, still a top I think he's the second best point guard or the third best point guard in the league, depending on who you want to put above him. Obviously, I'll put Steph, and if you consider Luca a point guard, I'll put Luca over him. But yeah, Damian Lillard's still a bucket. He can still go out and get your 30 a game, most likely. They have lost Carmelo. That's a pretty decent loss. They haven't really put anyone else in for him. So they've got their acquisitions was Cody Zeller. I think Michael Beasley got a pick up. Tony Snell, he's most likely going to take that position. But Camelo was actually pretty good for them last year. He was kind of, I, I thought he was a bit of a positive for them, you know. And watching the Clippers, I mean, watching the Blazers play, they really need that third player to go get them a basket. And I thought Camelo Anthony was probably their third best player to go get them a basket. You know, I'm not going to be shocked if they make like the top five, six. But like, they're not going to make out of the, they're not going to get out of the first round. Like, let's let's not let's not joke or let's not kid ourselves. And especially if he gets traded, then they're they're out of the playoffs, obviously. You know, I think the best thing for them, if the if he wants to go and if you're the Blazers and you can get Ben Simmons, I reckon you get him, I reckon you give him a punt because no one's going to come to Portland to play. Like, we've seen that. The biggest acquisition they've gotten was Carmelo Anthony and, like, they got him cheap when no one wanted him. But, like, the other big acquisition they got was Norman Powell. You know, they they got him by a trade. So, like, they don't really go out and sign a heap of players, you know, I've never been to Portland, but, you know, some of my mates that have been to Portland, they said it's really nice, but, like, it's not a free agent destination per se. Like, we wouldn't say, oh, yeah, let's go to Portland, let's go to Portland. You know, it's not like a, a LA. It's not like a, 
Miami. It's not a free agent destination, if you get what I mean. So if they if they stay in this team, I still believe they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they'll be you know amounting to anything big, but I do believe they'll still win the playoffs. Now for me, you know you look at it now; it's starting to dwindle. And I obviously, if Dal- if Denver were healthy, sorry, if Denver were healthy, they'd be in the top four. You know, they're another team that would be able to compete for that first seed. But I really want to see how Jamal Murray goes coming back from injury. You know, that's a really uh, interesting take for me because. If he's not healthy, if he's not, you know, a shell of him, what he's be, they'll still make the playoffs, but I think they'll struggle a bit, and I think he'll struggle a bit to get back into form. And that's nothing to his, not to his credit, it's just ACL injury, it's a tough injury, but, like, I do believe he can bounce back. But if Michael Porter Jr. takes that step up and can be that consistent scorer for them, then I think that they're really in good shape. You know, they're really going to be in good shape. I still believe they'll be, you know, that top six. You know, I don't think they'll be that seven, eight, nine, ten. But I, but I like, I, I've always liked... You know, Denver, I love Jokic. I think he's the best big in the league, you know. So for me, I still definitely believe they'll be there. And, you know, my last lock, I would say, would be Dallas. And that's not to anyone's credit, but Luka Doncic nearly took this team to the second round with no help, really. You know, like, Tim Hardaway was good, but, like, Tim Hardaway can't be your second-best player on a championship team. Like, prove me wrong. Like, please prove me wrong. I'd love to get proven wrong. But, like, I don't see it. I really don't see it. So for me, Dallas are definitely going to be there. We all know what I think about Luca. You know, if you want to listen more about my take on Luca, just scroll down a couple more episodes. You'll find Luca. I think he's the next in line. He's the next best player in the NBA for me. You know, so I definitely believe they'll be there. You know, and there's nothing really much to be said about them. You know, like they're another team like the Blazers, like Denver. They only have one star, like the Clippers. They have one star, and can that one star get you over the hump? I don't think the one star can get you over a Lakers, over a Warriors, over a Utah, over a. Phoenix, you know, I don't think that, you know, that's my top four, you know, not in any particular order, but I don't think any of these teams I've just mentioned can get past those four teams. But you never know. You never know in the NBA. You know, I think Dallas can be serious players in trade, you know, because they've just gotten Luka Doncic. So I wouldn't be shocked if there's any more trades to be announced. You know, even mid-season trade deadline, I think Porzingis can be a really big bait piece. Now, I wouldn't be shocked if they trade Porzingis for Kevin Love. You know, because you've got to realise Paul Singers can't just get traded to a team that has no cap because he's on a max contract already. So you're going to have to kind of match or balance those salaries. Or you can even look at him going to Boston. But that's that's neither here or there. You know, this eight seed and this last seed, you know, it's very interesting because I don't really know... Sorry, this ninth and tenth seed, sorry, because I've already got the Lakers, Warriors, Utah, Clippers, Blazers, Phoenix, Denver, Dallas... If I was a betting man, I'd say who'd be the two teams that would be in the ninth and tenth seed. I'd say number nine would be Memphis. I definitely feel they that they're growing and they're growing in the right direction. You know, they did a big trade in trading away Jonas Valanciunas for them, who was a really good piece to them. He really fitted well for them. But they got someone in Stephen Adams who I think is going to be really good for them. You know, he's a real true character of what Memphis are. You know, like their motto is grit and grind. And, you know, there's no one tougher, I think, in the NBA than like a Stephen Adams. You know, so he really suits that. You know, I don't mind them trading away, you know, and then they also got, I believe they got a first-round pick out of it, you know, so, like, getting that's not good. They Getting that's, you know, a good piece. You know, and they also flipped away Eric Budzo for Pat Beverly and Rajon Rondo, but then they then they flipped away Pat Beverly for Juan Hernan Gomez and Jarrett Culver. And I don't – I like to trade for both teams, to be quite honest with you, because Minnesota's a team that – I'll talk about them a little bit later, but they're – they're floating in, you know, no man's land. They're kind of doing what Sacramento's doing. 
And then you got a team like Memphis who want to try to still remain young, you know, and they've got two point guards. So there's no real you know, off that trade. There's no real point in keeping both Rondo and Beverly when you have someone like Ja Moran at the helm, who's obviously your key player. So for me, I really like the trade. I like the trade. You know, you get Jarrett Culver, you get a young wing. If he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out. You didn't really give a lot for him. And then you got this Juan Hernan Gomez player. You know, I don't really watch a lot of him, but he can. he's been able to stretch the floor. He's a big body and he's able to, you know, plug in minutes. So I don't mind the trade for both teams, actually. You know, the more I talk about it, the more I kind of lean towards Minnesota because I think he'll be a really good leader for them, Pat Beverly. But I do like the trade for Memphis too. So I'd have them as my nine. My number 10 and... I would be more confident if Lonzo Ball was still on this team, and that's the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, I like Zion, but I don't know how good he really is. You know, like, you got to look at it. you got to look like, is he really, like, the next big thing? I don't think so. Like, I can probably name five to ten players that I would take over Zion, you know, and that's not a knock on him. And I think he's going to be, a, he's obviously going to be an all-star caliber player for many years to come. But, like, can he be the number one option on, you know, a playoff contending team? You know, time will tell. And I think this year's his, his year, right? Because he's got no injuries at the moment. It's his third year. You know, he's kind of been able to figure out the NBA for a couple of years. You know, the acquisitions and the, the and the uh, teams that players that left their team, it's, it is interesting. You know, I would have given Lonzo four years 85. You know, especially he gets along with your best player in Zion and your second best player in Brandon Ingram. So I'm not too sure why they traded him. You know, chemistry is a big thing. If I'm Zion, and I, if I'm Lonzo, I look, where would I rather be, Chicago or New Orleans? You know, I'd probably rather be in Chicago right now. And that's nothing, you know, based on New Orleans. I just think Chicago's in a conference that they can be, you know, decent. You know, they can be definitely in the top six. You know, they're still a young team, you know, kind of like New Orleans. But then they've got someone like Vooch and DeRozan that he'll really fit with really well. So for me, I'd, I'd rather be in Chicago. Puzzling move for me to get Devontae Graham in, you know, he's he's filler because Devontae Graham's a player that's pretty small, six six one. He like it looks to me like he'd be a really good six man backup point guard, something like a Dennis Schroeder or a Patty Mills or a Lou Williams, someone that's like just a bit of an instant microwave, go on the bench and get you really decent points. So they've got him for for their starting point guard. You know, they got Thomas Sadaransky back in the trade for. For Lonzo Ball, they also got another piece that I can't remember off the top of my head. But you know, it's 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 interesting because if if, if Zion Zion could prove me wrong and he can take this massive step, and then you know, we, I believe Brandon Ingram's still a really good player. He's a bucket hard to guard. He's kind of like a Kitty's version of Kevin Durant. And if you anything, if anyone compares you like Kevin Durant, you're always going to be a good player and always going to be relative in this league. So I still believe that they can be that tenth seed. You know, I don't think that they'll make the playoffs. And then I think the pressure is definitely going to be on David Griffin, their GM, because he got quite a haul for Anthony Davis, and it's not really panning out the way I believe he thought it would be, you know. And you got to be really hesitant because you can kind of see now he might he might make some trades that saves his ass, you know. And, and that's and that's scary if you're a New Orleans fan because if he starts, you know, trading future assets away to try to be good now, and then say his eye on walks, you're basically in the same position of what you were with Anthony Davis. You got lucky that you got that first pick. So for me, I'd kind of be hesitant. This year can be a make-or-break season for New Orleans, and it can be a make-or-break season if Zion decides to, you know what, I'm going to be the first player to say, you know what, I'm not going to take this max deal. I know I'm going to max deal anywhere I want. 
I'll just choose where I want to go. So it's going to be super interesting to see what he does. And then the last team I think that can compete for it is Minnesota. But like in saying that, like they've got no depth, no depth. You know, they've got D'Angelo who's still injury riddled a bit. Cat, he hasn't really stepped up since being an all-star. You know, he hasn't taken that jump people think he has. But at the same time, they're talented. I do believe Anthony Edwards will take that step up and be a really good piece for them. I think he might end up being their best player, you know, in a couple of years or, or, or this time next year because he's able to really play. Like, he can just score at any time. You know, he's just a bucket. Like, he just goes out and he scores. And, you know, his personality is super marketable. And I think that's something like Minnesota's been missing. You know, so if they start to get on a roll and start to go, all right, you know, kind of see Anthony Edwards. I don't think he'll be an all-star this year, but I think he can kind of be that, you know, have that sniff, you know, and say, oh, okay, he's really taking this, you know, second year to another level and he's really becoming something that we didn't think he could become. So for me, I think he's got to be really, really important for them. But, you know, at the end of the day, I would still have them at the 11th and that's pushing it because you've got Sacramento who could, you never know with them, like they could, they can be the sixth seed for the whole season and then in the last 20 games flop, you know, so you never know what's going to happen with them. I don't believe that they're going to make the playoffs. You know, watch Luke Walton be on the hot seat, you know, and for me, Sacramento, you can't just keep going through coaches because if you keep going through coaches, it's 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 not the coach's fault because no coach can get it to work. You know, it's something else. There's something internal in that in that organization that's not getting the click. Because if De'Aaron Fox goes to any other team, he's probably an all-star. Let's not, let's not, if he goes to any other team, I reckon he's probably an all-star. So you've got to make sure that you kind of get this in the right motion. Otherwise, you're just going to lose your players. But yeah, that's my that's my play on my playoff tournament. So my eight teams, just remember, I had the Lakers, Warriors, Utah, Clippers, Blazers, Phoenix, Denver, Dallas. If you guys think any different, make sure you let me know. That ninth and tenth team, I think it'd be Memphis and New Orleans. If you guys think that any other team from the other play teams in the Western Conference could make the playoffs, let me know in the comments section below. Make sure guys have a great day. Take care. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe all of the content. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Lanes Podcast. Link will be below in the description. But most importantly, guys, have a great day. Thanks for listening.